months, but this last month to be able to tell you a full 31 days. Oh, I could cry. Um, I mean, I have my life back. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Yeah. My, they wanted to do surgery and I had another um, CTV MRA, which is when they check the arteries. And within 12 days, my pressure was normal. 12 days. They wanted to cut my brain open. Okay. So I can actually say this now. I did post this in our group the other day, but I can actually say the whole month of October, Stephen, I did not have one episode, not one single headache, seizure, visual disturbance. Cause I, okay. and I might mess up. So, I mean, don't worry if we mess up, we mess up. It don't really doesn't matter. Okay. So hi, and welcome to another success stories. Today, I have Amanda with me, who's uh, on the carnivore journey. She booked me for some coaching and had one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard about her health resolution. So I've invited her on for a quick chat about being carnivore and why she went carnivore. So hi, Amanda. Hi. Thanks for hi having there. me. That's okay. It's lovely to see you again. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I always start with the same question, and um, it can be as long as you like, and you can go back as far as you like, because people just love to hear all the details. So. What made you go carnivore? Well, like you said, that's a that's a loaded question. So, um, well, I think really the the main answer is that, you know, a decade of chronic illness, I would say. So it started out. um, I started having migraines when I was 12 years old, but no one really, you know, could tell me why I was having migraines. Uh, They said I had thick blood, but through the years of my life, they just kind of came on cyclically. And then in 2011, I started having really bad gastrointestinal issues to the point where I was missing work three to five days a month. I I would wake up in the morning between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. with severe nausea, vomiting, the shakes, the sweats, diarrhea, um, dry heaving for hours. It wasn't just like I woke up, had some symptoms, could go back to sleep and they would go away. It was a constant, um, up and down, up and down, up and down. And it would last for multiple days. I'd go to the doctor. They would say, Oh, you have gastroparesis or excuse me, you have gastritis. You're fine. Go back to work. This would happen in 2011. It probably happened three or four times throughout the year. So I didn't really think too much about it. But as the years went on, it was getting more and more frequent. And by 2015, it was every month. I was missing more and more work. I was getting more and more sick. And by 2015, I'd gone through two doctors because I hadn't felt like my doctors were giving me any direction on what possibly was the cause or what I could do. And my second doctor said, well, you need to lose weight. You need to exercise more and reduce your calories. So I had done triathlon training when I was in college. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll get back into triathlon training and do some more triathlons. That's great. I love that. I love cross training. So I'll do that. And my friend had started Omnitrition, which is a form of the HCG diet. So I thought, great, she lost 100 pounds. I'll, I'll do that. So that's a very restrictive. If you haven't heard of it or people haven't heard of it, it's, um, 500 calories a day, very restrictive diet. Um, and you gorge first on a bunch of junk food is what they really tell you to do. And then you have 30 days of, um, 500 to 800 calorie restriction. And then I was triathlon training. So I was doing cycle class from 6am to 7am, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was swimming a mile Tuesday and Thursday. I was running um, three to six miles on 
Saturday. And then I was running a sprint triathlon on Sundays. Once a month, I was running a Olympic triathlon. And I did that for a year. Surprise, surprise. I injured myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) my body just couldn't handle it. Shocker. Um, so I ended up injuring myself and, um, really bad. I ended up getting a syndesmosis high ankle sprain, um, which actually, I had an aversion fracture, uh, excuse me, an avulsion fracture. So the, the tendon started pulling off the bone, started pulling the bone out of my calcaneus. So, um, my heel bone, sorry. Uh, so there was a lot of damage in there. Um, and my orthopedist told me that I had to be in a boot. And so at first he thought I could be in the boot for six to eight weeks. I was in the boot for 12 or excuse me, for six months. I could not heal my body. My body would not heal itself. Um, it was, it was really depressing for me being active at that time. I had also started an equine physical therapy business. I couldn't do my business. It was very depressing. So I ended up quitting, um, restricted calories and I started eating normal foods again. I gained weight back. Life ended up happening. I never got well during that whole time. My symptoms did not get better. Um, I would say maybe they had lessened their frequency, but I wouldn't say that I was better because it was zero carb too. You have, I mean, it was zero carb, but it was zero fat. You were barely taking in any, um, I mean, there were some carbs cause I ate an apple for breakfast, but you're barely taking in any nutrients. So, um, then in 2018, I was, I was missing probably two weeks of work a week, a month. I just couldn't do it. I was canceling patients. My husband and I were just so frustrated. And the doctors just kept saying, take these medicines. I was on four different antispasmatic gastrointestinal medications, plus muscle relaxants. And they wanted to put me on anti-anxiety medications and told me that it was in my head. I went to a gastrointestinal doctor. Um, we did an endoscopy, a colonoscopy, a HIDA scan for my gallbladder, a, a gastric emptying test. I mean, stool samples, blood tests. Oh my goodness. 2018 was full of tests, one right after the other. Um, I did have esophagitis. They did diagnose me with gastroparesis. Um, and that was it. They put me on a bunch of meds, told me it was in my head, go see a psychologist and sent me on my way. So that was super depressing and really horrible. Oh, I forgot to say too, actually, before all of that, the general surgeon, after they did the HIDA scan, said that he didn't want to take out my gallbladder. So I really wanted to say this because I feel like so many people get their gallbladder taken out. But this general surgeon, because my symptoms were so severe, he did not take out my gallbladder. And I had sludge and yet, you know, stuff that was not correct in my gallbladder, but he didn't take it out because he said that my symptoms could be worse afterwards. And I think that's something that people should maybe consider um, just because what I say moving forward in my journey is I'm so glad I still have my gallbladder and I'm so thankful for him for not just being like, yeah, let's take it out and see what happens because I'm not sure I'd be as good as I am right now if I, if I would have had that surgery. So I just want to drop that two cents. Um, but I had a six inch bowel block in my small intestine and I had to do two, um, colonoscopy preps with a full bottle of mag citrate every day uh, for 14 days and to get it 
to actually clean out. So I didn't have to have surgery, which was fantastic, but it was a horrible thing. But they still didn't say that I had any issues. Just lower your, you know, eat less, exercise more. The things we always hear, you know, lose weight. That's what's causing the problem. So that was 2018. So my husband and I, again, were at a loss. We weren't exactly sure what to do. We looked into digestive enzymes. We looked into, again, I was exercising a lot, trying to figure that out. Um, But finally, at the end of 2019, I went and saw a naturopath. And I forgot to tell you this, Stephen, but I was then diagnosed with SIBO, hydrogen SIBO, SIBO, however everybody wants to pronounce that. So um, when that happened, she said, just reduce your carbs. Just don't eat sugar. Just eat keto or, you know, whatever you want to do, but just get away from sugar and carbohydrates, which is easier said than done for someone who has been restricting and up and down and dieting, weight watchers, um, all those things. And so I did, I, I did pretty well for, I went on the Allison, which is, uh, I don't know, it's like a byproduct of garlic and oil of oregano to try to kill the bacteria and then reduce my carbs significantly with keto for about six months. I did really well with that and felt a lot better, but I still had difficulty with digestion. My food would not digest. I could eat at night, but I could feel it in my chest and in my throat still in the morning. And so there was something that wasn't correct. And, and I was getting headaches and I just, I was not feeling good. And I was taking a lot of medications and a lot of supplements to try to help get my body to do what I thought was right. Then in November of 2020, I had a seizure, a migraine that turned into a seizure and a thunderclap headache um, with stroke-like symptoms. What happened, they're not exactly sure. My brain swelled and um, I lost my vision. I had strobe-like visions where I would see pink and blue and things just shooting through my vision all the time, whether my eyes were open or closed, Um, constant head pressure and significant pain. Um, And again, the doctors just said, this is just a progression of your migraines. You've had them your whole life. So here's three more medications and keep taking your antispasms for your stomach. And here's some more anti um, two two tryptin medications, which made me, uh, pretty much comatose. You take them and I'd be sleeping for hours. Um, and then, uh, topiramate or to, uh, I take topiramate, but it's also Topamax, I think. And, um, it's a weight loss slash migraine slash seizure medication. Um, and then, he wanted to up my anti-anxiety meds at the same time. So at that point I was on, I think there was nine medications. Let me look at my notes. Yeah. I was on nine medications at the end of 2020. So I didn't have the wherewithal at that point to really do my own studying because I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't be on the television. I couldn't be on my phone. Um, I couldn't be in lights. I had to constantly have cover over my eyes. I couldn't listen to music or listen to the phone or anything. Any sort of noise um, irritated my symptoms really, really aggressively. And the medications take quite a long time to start to work. Um, it took the, the sumatriptans worked right away, but again, they just put me to sleep. Um, the topiramate took about eight weeks to start kicking in. And then you have to ramp slowly be ramping that up. 
So it took about three months. So it wasn't until March of 21 where I started to be able to look at my phone and look at the television and even on lower volume, but I still was able to start doing things during those first three months. I wasn't, uh, my husband had to help me go to the bathroom. I was going intermittently blind. I was not able to dress myself. So I was bed bound or what I consider bed bound. I wasn't able to function independently. So in, uh, in March, I decided that something had to change. I had to find someone to help me. Something needed. This was not just a progression of my migraines, but I didn't know what to do. So um, for the little time, the 15 minute splurts I could get on the computer, I was looking up neurologists, trying to figure out someone that would help me. I finally found a neurologist at John Hopkins who looked at my MRIs and my CTV, uh, which is a CAT scan of the veins in the brain. Um, and he said that I had idiopathic intracranial hypertension once. And that wasn't until once I got a hold of him and we shared information, I got the scans. That was September of 2021. So it's been a long, was a long journey of suffering. But by that time, he said I had this IIH and I said, okay, what do I do? Silence. I mean, there's, there's this just, you take the meds and you live your life. You can get a stent. You can have this stent. So you basically need to convince your neurosurgeon to give you a lumbar puncture to find out what your pressures really are. My neurosurgeon was completely against give, getting me a lumbar puncture. So I um, begged and begged for, it was not until December of 2021 that I finally got a lumbar puncture. When I finally got the lumbar puncture, they said, oh, you do have intracranial hypertension. You can have a stent. We should give you a stent. I, I don't want brain surgery. I want to know what caught, why did this all of a sudden happen overnight? I didn't have it before. It literally happened overnight from an episode. I wanted to know what caused it, why it happened and how to make it go away. Not, I, I didn't want an implement in my brain. So once they said all of that, I got on YouTube and I looked up intracranial hypertension and I found ribeye Rachel. She has intracranial hypertension and she was doing the carnivore diet. She had just started, which I think she was three months in and she had an aversion to meat, which I love meat. So as soon as she said that she went from bed bound to being able to walk in the kitchen and cook her hamburger, I knew I was going to do it. I knew that if that could make her do that in three months, I wanted to be able to walk upstairs and cook my own meals. I mean, I was a fully functioning, ran two businesses person before this happened. I wanted that again. So long story short, that that's it. <laughs> well, yeah. But what happened when you went carnivore? Tell us about the pressure and how quickly it cleared up. Oh, within, um, so I started carnivore February 5th. I'll never forget the day because I was so excited. And on that day, within 12 days, so my, they wanted to do surgery and I had another, um, CTV MRA, which is when they check the arteries. And within 12 days, my pressure was normal. 12 days. They wanted to cut my brain open. So th that to me, they never even talk, Stephen, they never even talked to me about nutrition. They told me to, you know, eat better and exercise. But did they ever say the word nutrition or talk to me about what that meant? Not one single time. I went to, I think, I, what did I write down? Seven. I went to seven different practitioners 
Not a single one of them talked to me about what I could do nutritionally for my brain. And, and ketogenic diet has been proven to help with seizures. And mm. yet they still, I mean, the, the nutritionist did say that, but she said that for SIBO. No one, this whole entire, I'm 42, almost 43 this month, years old, and not one single person has said, hey, with your seizures, maybe you should try the ketogenic diet. Not one single person. And I yeah. haven't had, so just, okay, so I can actually say this now. I did post this in our group the other day, but I can actually say the whole month of October, Stephen, I did not have one episode, not one single headache, seizure, visual disturbance, because I was still having, uh, even being carnivore, there was still like if I overstress or get, um, if I just overdo, I'm type A, I love my list, I tend to overdo a little bit, I get excited about stuff, I get real get going. Thank God I quit coffee. Right. So, um, <laughs> really happy about those things. Um, but I, I would still overdo and I would have just a little bit of like floaters, mm -hmm. but I had none of that the entire month of October. Cause I'm a big journaler on what my symptoms are. So carnivore has cured. I have no more diarrhea. I have no more morning nausea at all. Zero that left. Sorry. I have to check my notes. Cause like I said, I journal everything. So that left month, month six, um, there was a little bit, if I eat too much fat, sometimes mm -hmm. my stomach gets a little bit, but I think that's normal with everybody from what I've found in our community. Everyone, you know, tends to have a little, um, gastrointestinal issue with that. So I don't even consider that an issue. I just, I get a little overzealous sometimes and like my fat. So that happens, <laughs> but no pain with it. I don't have any discomfort. It's just, you know, it happens. Um, so that was month six. But I mean, almost all of my symptoms, I would say me and my husband were talking about it. I would say that I am almost 85% healed because wow. I still have a little bit here and there where I overdo. I, I mean, I used to overdo all the time and not be so taxed where I feel like I need to take a nap. I still feel like I have that a little bit, but I used to have it every day. And, and now if I have it once a month, it's like, oh, that's weird. What just happened? Um, but hmm. I can drive. I wasn't able to drive for a year and a half. I'm able to drive. I mean, there's, I, I don't know. There's just so many things. But this last month to be able to tell you a full 31 days. Oh, I could cry. Um, I'm going to have my life back. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, you had years and years of problems. And now you've got your life back. And it's just a simple thing like nutrition. It's amazing. Amanda, yes. it's amazing. Yeah. And I'm off. Oh, and I forgot just also, I am off all those meds. I take no more of those four digestive meds. Um, I'm off all of the triptans. So the, the three triptans completely gone. I'm down to one topiramate. And that's only because I've had to wean down from eight of them. And you could only wean down one pill every two to three weeks. So it takes a lot of time. I can't just stop that. Um, and the anxiety meds that they put me on, I'm down to only, I'm down to the smallest, smallest dose. And I take it every other day. And, mm. and I'm gonna, you know, my goal is to get completely off of it. So I'm only on the, the two meds and I'm only on one each. Wow. No supplements besides vitamin D. So, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And it was ribeye Rachel was your, was your gateway to, to carnival. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. 
I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. I mean, just from, yeah, because she was the one who had my same diagnosis, but then, you know, once you go down the YouTube rabbit hole of looking up carnivore and then everyone comes up with their success and you're like, it helps with that. It helps, it helps you with that. And you, you then find yourself in other people's stories a little bit, or at least I did found Mm -hmm. myself in other people's stories and thought to myself, well, I could use that benefit also. And if that could benefit her, maybe it could benefit me. Oh, if that could benefit him, maybe that could benefit me too. And there's other benefits like being able to quit coffee. I mm-hmm. was drinking 32, you know, to 48 ounces of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing to say that out loud, but <laughs> I mean, it, I was, I was drinking a lot of coffee. I was drinking, mm-hmm. waking up to a good 20 ounces before I'd even leave my house. So um, to now be able to tell you, I don't wake up to any coffee at all. No caffeine, no pills, no supplemental extra energy. And and this is just who I am now. This is just my normal uh, energy flow. I don't need, and I always thought I needed that. And I felt like I needed it. And I, and I just don't now. And I wanted that. That was a big thing when you watch carnivore people, as they say, they have this really great natural energy. And I really wanted that Um, because I do like natural things and Meat and fat are just, even my husband has turned to carnivore. I mean, he's more ketovore, if you will. Last night, he definitely was eating nuts. So I can't say he's 100% carnivore, but he's definitely way more meat-based from learning yes. and seeing my transition. So it's yes. it's a huge thing. It changes lives. It, it, it's, um, it's amazing, isn't I mean, it? It healed I mean, me. Yeah, yes. it healed you. And, and this is the thing. I mean, the reason I did the or asked you to do the success story is because you are the product of watching somebody else's success story. And the more we get that around that there's many things that you've been told, not you personally, but people are told it's chronic, it's progressive, it doesn't get any better. And then you change your nutrition and wow, things get better and you get that frustration of i mean you had years of of being told different things that weren't correct or didn't help you put it that way that might be better and it's very frustrating a simple thing like changing the way you eat is all you needed to do and i know you, you know you're still in your journey like you say 85 percent there you got emotional uh, you're definitely not short of energy anyone watching this will know you're not short of energy um and it is, it is remarkable. It is remarkable. And now at the beginning of this, uh, before we went on to record, you said, you know, just stop me if I go on or I get too excited and stuff like that. I didn't want to because it is your story and you're passionate about it. And possibly what we'll do is we'll take a little bit of what you said near the end and put it at the beginning as like a little teaser. But I'm just going to leave the whole story because I think 
it's chronological and it makes sense and people have been there. Even if they haven't got the same issues, they will have a similar type of story where they're going for tests, blood tests, scans, um, you know, being assessed, being different, being given different medications that are not working or the dosage is wrong or something like that. And that amount of frustration you showed when you were just talking, you know, it, it shone out basically as you were talking. The same as my story. You know, I was told, uh, I, I deliberately wear that I was born in 1964. So people know my age now. So I'm 58 when we're recording this. And at 23, I was told I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I was 50. Uh, you know, categoric, shown an X-ray, shown images, told, yep, that's it. You will be in a wheelchair by the time you're 50. And that's when I was 23. Now, uh, maybe my story is just luck. Maybe your story is luck. But I've got 500 stories that are just luck, maybe. You know, and it's it's right. really, really um, absolutely crazy. Uh, that there's so many people with a similar sort of story to yours where it's full of frustration. So um, I'm on the free version of Zoom, so we can't extend this interview yep. too long. But, but there will That's be okay. people asking, basically, um, what what does a day of eating look like for you? What what currently are you doing? Oh, so I am really boring. I know there's a lot of carnivore people that eat fun food. Um, I love meat. So I eat, um, if I'm eating twice a day, I eat three or four eggs in the morning with some pork belly, um, salted. Uh, so pretty boring, basic with some butter. Um, and then for dinner, I usually have a ribeye steak with either suet or butter. It's Perfect. pretty basic. Um, <laughs> today I'm one a day, so I'm going to have a ribeye steak with some butter this afternoon. And that'll be my one meal for today. Um, and that's, I don't do Love anything that. real exciting. If I get really boring, if I get real excited or if it's a holiday, I might make a cheese sauce if I'm really mm. gung-ho for something. I used mm. to be a cook, so it's hard, like to not want to do that, but I love the freedom of not having to cook either. That's the other really awesome time freedom, food freedom. I don't have any cravings anymore. I don't crave, you know, all the things that I used to whenever I'd get stressed, eat sugar, you know, have something uh, carby, croissant, chocolate. I don't have any of those anymore. So um, especially if I eat enough, I think the big thing for me was at first I wasn't eating enough. You guys have definitely taught me that. So um eating a nice big fat ribeye with some good amount of fats on it just really helps me make sure that I'm full and I don't, mm. I don't need other food really. No, I don't miss flavors. Yeah. It, it is amazing that it, when once you feel full and you have the nutrients your body actually needs, you do tend to have less cravings. I think that's amazing. And for a long yeah. period of time, then you didn't have any coaching. You just did it yourself. Did you find it relatively straightforward? Um, I, I mean, yes, I did do it by myself for the first nine months. Um, it was straightforward in the fact that I just ate meat. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that you've helped me understand that I wasn't eating enough. There was mm -hmm. definitely because now I don't have the cravings. I was still having cravings and wanting food that I shouldn't want, even though it made me sick. And I think that's the other thing is there's a psychological component to food and food addiction or whatever you want to call that. Um, so I feel like there's a, there was a component there that I still had to break, even though I knew if I eat that, that's going to make me sick. Why would I do that? Um, but there was still this like, Oh, but you want it. Uh, like the devil and the angel on your head. And mm -hmm. so then it was just like, no, just 
just eat more pork belly right now. And so even at night when I would have those cravings, I would just have pork belly instead. And that was really what helped me. But until you who was like, eat, just eat when you're hungry, eat carnivore foods. Mm -hmm. That is what clicked. It was like, I can just eat when I'm hungry and then eat until I'm actually full because I wasn't putting enough on the plate. Now I don't need as much, but it took me a little bit to actually fill my whole body full of what it needed, I think. And if yes. I would have done it in the beginning, it would have been a lot easier. I will, I will say that if I would have started carnivore and been fully satiated off the bat, mm. all those nights of biting mm. my nails and, and just <laughs> get through the night and go to bed early, um, you know, it would have been a lot easier to just be satiated at the yes. beginning. <laughs> but here you are. So you've I come do out think the coaching other... is huge. Oh, it's lovely. Thank you. I mean, but here you are. You've come out the other side and you are smiling, beaming, full of energy, off a lot of your medications. And I think the journey um, yes. is is nearly finished. I think you're, you're getting there and that's great. So I'm going to wrap up by just thanking you. Is there any final things you'd like to say any tips to people i know you just gave a really good tip about making sure you eat enough is there anything you want to leave people with there is there's just one more thing i want to say is that during this whole journey i have not lost a significant amount of weight so everyone that has health issues or is is wanting to heal themselves just wait for it <laughs> just <laughs> just let the healing happen first I wanted weight loss and I did that. I lost 75 pounds on HCG, worked my tail off through triathlon training. I lost the weight. I did not heal my body. This is the reverse of that. And now my body is healing and I can talk to you and I can look at you and I can be here. I can reach out and hug you. I feel like I'm <laughs> so excited about it, but I haven't shed all of the pounds, but I know it's coming. I can feel it because I can feel, you know, I think I told you the lines on my nails are gone. I mean, all these things are happening. So for all those people that are just like, but I just want the weight loss. Weight loss doesn't necessarily mean that your body is healed and healthy. And so I just, I just want people that are struggling and think that it's just all about, well, if I lose the weight, I'll be healthy. I, and I was also a trigger in my mind that had to switch. So just, just know that it, it will come. I've watched it with so many people in the group. I've watched them uh, heal and then lose. And I know that that's the same for me. And I'm, I'm hoping that anyone that's struggling with that can also feel that, that it will come. I know it will. And, and the healing just had to come first. Brilliant. Amanda, thank you so much. That is absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Your support means the absolute world to me. And if you're enjoying the show, I've got a small favour to ask you. I'd be incredibly grateful if you would consider becoming a supporter and make a small monthly donation. Your contribution will really help to improve the show. I'll be able to improve the software, maybe put a few more episodes out and do many things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Do them a lot quicker. So it's a small monthly contribution. You can cancel at any time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening.